Today, I want to talk about something that certainly speaks to me as I was talking to God this week of what he wanted to talk about. This is something that's been on my heart and on my mind over the past, I don't know, month or so, a couple of months. And I just wanted to share because if we're going to be a church that reaches lost people, we're going to have to be all in with our faith. If we're going to be a church that people can look, look up to, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be believers that people can look to, then we can't go in halfway with our walk with Jesus. If we're going to be people that God can use to see miracles happen on this earth, in this church, in our community, in our nation, if he's going to use us, we can't go in halfway. We have to give it our all. Because the truth is, other people are depending on it. Other people's salvation are de is dependent upon your story. And that's what I want to talk about today. We're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 22. So if you would, I know you just sat down, stand to your feet this morning as we read God's word. And I believe that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what the Bible talks about. And so if you allow it, God's word can change you. The Bible calls it rhema word. It's, it's alive. So when we're reading this text, it's as if Jesus, it's as if God is saying it for the first time. And so really let God's word change your heart this morning. Verse one, it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw a place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I'll go with the boy over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Look at your neighbor and tell him the topic of today's talk. Go all in. Go all in. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. First of all, for just waking us up this morning. Lord, your word says we're not promised tomorrow. And so every day is a gift. Let us not forget that. And so, Father, I just pray that today as we're gathered in your house with your people, Lord, that you would just speak to us, that we would understand more about who you are and about what you have for us. God, I pray for those who are watching online on the other side of a screen that you would speak through them. Your spirit is not limited to this room. And so we thank you, God, for life change on the other side of a camera. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. This morning, show of hands, do we have any test enthusiasts, people that love taking tests? Raise your hands, raise your hands, people that love taking tests. Okay, you're welcome here. We love everybody. We're, we're a church that loves people. Um, I, I am not a, a test person. I hate tests. And um, I love learning, but I, I could never, I just don't like tests. And uh, I, have a, I have a funny experience. I actually shared this with our students a couple weeks ago. And... Um, uh, it was physics. Anybody ever taken physics before? Anybody ever taken physics? God help me. So I, I, I was, um, I think I was a sophomore or junior at Texas A&M and I wanted to take, get into physics. So I took an intro class thinking it would be easy. Boy, was I wrong. And uh, so I walk into this class and it was a struggle and it was difficult, but we had our first test coming up. 
And so I went to this tutoring session. I don't even know if it's still around. It's called A plus tutoring. And I was there and I won't say the professor's name in case there's friends or family in the room, but, um, the, 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 the teacher of the, the tutoring session was like, Hey, this is tutoring for physics 201 with professor. <laughs> if you're in physics, but professor <laughs> isn't your teacher, you're more than welcome to stay, but this tutoring session is going to be too difficult for you. Yeah. I was like, awesome. <laughs> right. And so I show up, I feel like I'm ready for this test. I studied as much as I could. Physics is difficult, but I studied as much as I could. And this is a true story. I showed up that day for the test prepared. I felt ready to go. And I opened the first page. I clicked my pencil a couple times, looked at the first question, put the lead back in my pencil, closed the top, you know, the, the cover. And I literally said this prayer, God, don't let me get a zero. Am I alone up here? That's what I said. That's what I prayed. And guys, I'm, a pl- I'm pleased to announce I scored a 42 on that exam. And what's crazy is the class average was a 36. So I'm above average, y'all. This is a true story. I'm not making it up. So needless to say, I, I dropped that class and I, I never went back. But uh, test. Tests are to prove what we No, tests are to prove what we have learned. Here's a test. Guys, pay attention. When your wife or girlfriend says, I don't want anything for Valentine's Day. That's a test. You better get that woman something. That is a test. That is a test. (laughs) I I figured I'd help someone out this morning before we get started. But I want to talk about this this all-in mentality. In a time in a culture where Laziness is our idol and entitlement is our way. And I want to to counter that with having this attitude that following Jesus halfway won't work. Because if we're going to pass the test, if we're going to be able to stand strong in times of adversity, then just occasionally following Jesus on Christmas and Easter will not cut it. And I don't mean this to be condemning. Hear me out. But following Jesus, guess what? It's going to cost you everything. What do I mean by that? Glad you asked. Even if you didn't, I have the microphone. I'm about to tell you. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. If we're going to follow Jesus, then going in halfway isn't an option. We just read this story of, of Abraham, and you may have heard this name, Abraham. He is the father of our faith. You can read all about him. I'm going to jump to this story where he, he's talking to God in, in chapter 22, and God's here. He's, he's testing Abraham. He calls him out, and, and Abraham says something really powerful that I believe all of us can learn from. He says, here I am. I'm available to you, God. So he says, God said, take your son, your only son, by the way, who you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. So a long time ago, 20 years, something, Abraham was promised by God that he would have a son, that he would be the father of many nations, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars 
in this guy. And so he has this covenant with God and God all of a sudden presents this bizarre request that took over 20 years in the making. He said, you're going to have a son. Took him 20 years. He had a son. Now God is telling him to sacrifice his son and sacrifices weren't uncommon in this culture, but it wasn't common for God to ask someone to sacrifice their child. And so the original audience would have read this. They would have seen the name Abraham, but like, oh, I know who Abraham is. Man, that guy is awesome. That guy is the, the founder of our faith. And look, God promised him a son. He had a son. This is so wonderful. God promised him. And th- there's this son. But then all of a sudden God tests him and we're like, hold up. Wait a second. Hold the phone. Excuse me, writer of Genesis. I think there's a typo. You said sacrifice your son. I'm pretty sure you meant to say sacrifice a goat. And so now the writer has the attention of the reader. In verse three, it says early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. So I, I don't know about you, but this, this doesn't make sense in my mind because God had made this promise to Abraham long ago. Now he has this son and God is telling him to sacrifice his one and only son. So I can't imagine what's going on in Abraham's mind. But the, but the thing is, he, he took that first step. He's like, maybe if I step out and I start the journey, God will like, I'll see the, the, the bubbles on the iPhone letting me know God's about to type something different. But he takes that first step, maybe waiting for God to respond. Like, hey, I took a step of faith, but there's nothing. And here's the lesson to be learned here. Typically, we want answers now. Like we have We have a culture where we can click a button on our phone and have Chick-fil-A delivered to our doorstep. It's beautiful, y'all. 2022 is looking real good. But we we have this mentality of convenience. Like, remember that old commercial? I think it was J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I need it now. Y'all remember that? But we have this fixation on convenience. And if we don't get what we want, when we want it, we lose our minds. So we can become so focused on a quick response from God that we fail to realize that time, space, earth, and our entire existence was formed by God. And we have to realize that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He created the beautiful thing that we call life, and it's his timing that we need to rely on. By the way, the world doesn't revolve around us. And we sing this song as a kid, right? He's got the whole world. That's perfect, man. Y'all, y'all paying attention. But we sing this song as a kid, but somewhere along the way, we lose sight of that and we think God is supposed to cater to us. But if God always answered immediately with the response that we think is best without ever us allowing, uh, allowing us to go through a test, we would view God like a vending machine. But following God means trusting him when we don't have the answers. Verse three, early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance and said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go with the boy over there. We're going to worship and then I'll come back to you. I don't want us to miss this. The last part of that verse says we will worship and then we will come back to you. It's almost like Abraham had a little bit of faith. So we will come back. 
So Abraham sets out to do what God told him to do, regardless how he felt about it, which leads me to my first point. We got to make decisions based on commitments, not on feelings. I'm going to say it again for those of you who missed it. If we're going to be all in for Jesus, we've got to make decisions based on what I committed to, not based on how I felt. Imagine this conversation going on between Abraham and his son, Isaac. They're walking in the desert. It's been three whole days of awkward silence. Anyone ever experienced awkward silence? He just told his servants to stay behind, right? So there will be no witnesses. We've got no gun. We've got no trap. We've got nothing to catch a sacrifice with. We've got wood to burn, but no offering. This isn't adding up. So here's my question. What do you do when what you see around you doesn't look like what you've been expecting God to do in your life? I'm a Christian. I tithe. I give my offering. I come to church. I serve. Why is my life not working out like I thought it was supposed to? And I have to believe that for Isaac. He's thinking, this isn't panning out like I thought it would. Are you still going to trust God? Are you still going to come to church? Are you still going to serve? Are you still going to spend time in his presence even when you don't see him working? You know how easy it would have been for Abraham just to make up any excuse not to obey God? And here's what I've noticed. I hate excuses, by the way. But here's what I've noticed. Everybody has one. Everybody has an excuse or a reason. You can always reason your way out of a challenge. But can I encourage you this morning? Don't make excuses. Give it your all. Show up when you're supposed to show up. Own up to your mistakes. Because what Abraham didn't know, but what he had faith to believe was that God had a plan in place from the beginning. But he would have never seen that plan if he didn't first obey what God had told him. If he wouldn't have made that decision based on how he felt versus his commitment to God, we would not be reading this story today. So I believe that God wants to heal your marriage. But you're going to have to turn off the TV, get off the couch and put in some work. But I don't feel like it. I don't make decisions based on how I feel. I make them based on what I committed to. And I committed to that woman. I don't feel like waking up a little earlier to spend time with God. I don't make decisions based on how I feel. I make them based on my decisions, my commitments. 915 is too early. I'll leave that one right there. Y'all are here. You see, we've got to go back to our commitment to Jesus because you know what the truth is? That he gave it all for us. Everything. I'm sure it was inconvenient, but he gave it all for us. And I'm all about motivation. Like, I love motivation. I'm the, I'm the type of guy that'll listen to music to hype them up. I'll watch something motivational. Like, I'm all about motivation, but at some point, motivation will run out. And the only thing that you're left with is the commitment you made when you said, I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. So if you're not careful, before you know it, church becomes an inconvenience. Serving becomes a duty, not an honor. And you lose sight of what really matters because you made a decision based on your feelings, not on what you committed to. Let's move on. Genesis 22, 6. So Abraham took the, word, uh, took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife 
As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up finally like, Father, he said, uh, yes, my son. He's intuitive. The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look at Abraham's faith. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son, Isaac. So at this point, Isaac's got to be concerned. He bound his son, Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So Isaac, being astute, being an observer, hearing that his dad over and over again is saying, God will provide And here he is laying on this altar about to be killed. This is day three, by the way. And Abraham just keeps saying, God will provide, God will provide, God will provide. Are you sure, Abraham? What makes you so sure that God's going to provide? What makes you so sure that your relationship with your kids can never be restored? What makes you so sure that you'll ever get through the hurt and the pain that comes with abuse? What makes you so certain that God can forgive you because of what you did when no one was watching? Right? We want that. We want that Papa John's, that Domino's provision. We order it and 30 to 45 minutes later, it shows up. But what is our response when we can't see the end? Abraham's faith until now has been incredible. If you read the story of Abraham, God in the very beginning was like, go to a place I will show you. And he was like, okay. And he just started trusting God. He said, go sacrifice your son. So we started out on this journey, but he was really about to be tested. And Abraham constantly, God will provide. How do you know? If we're going to be all in, Going halfway won't work. If we're going to be all in to the purpose that God has on your life, you're going to have to make decisions based on commitments, not your feelings, because there are times that I don't feel like coming to church. (gasps) There are times that I don't feel like spending time putting effort into a marriage or a relationship. Why? I'm tired. But I make commitments And my decisions are based on those commitments, not on what I feel in the moment. This is for someone. Don't sacrifice what you want now for something you want later. It's worth it to make that commitment. Number two, we got to be willing to get uncomfortable. We hate being uncomfortable. I can control my AC at my house with my phone right now. So when I get home... I can make it 68 degrees and I can do that right here, right now. We just love comfort. I I love going camping. I love being in the woods, but there's nothing like coming home to a nice, soft, comfortable bed. But God didn't create you to stay comfortable. You see, Abraham had faith that God would provide, but he didn't see it yet. So I can't imagine the discomfort. I can't imagine the anxiety that he must have been feeling as he's walking with his son, who, by the way, God had promised him for over 20 years he would have. And the son finally comes, and now God's telling him to sacrifice him. Here's what I've learned in my 30, almost 33 years on this planet, that following Jesus, it will take you out of your comfort zone. 
And what's more is that I believe that God's best for your life is very seldom found within the confines of your comfort. So what does that look like for you? Do you need to get some help? Maybe you need to join a small group. Maybe, maybe getting out of your comfort zone simply means raising your hands in worship. You see, I realized a long, long time ago that worship isn't about me. It's about him. I don't like that song. Okay, good. The song wasn't written about you. Maybe getting out of your comfort zone, dads, means leading your family in prayer and in Bible study. The only way to live the life that God has called you to live is through sacrifice. We hate that word, sacrifice. But the reality is, compared to what Jesus did for us, it's not a sacrifice. We've said this before. When you're all in for Jesus, it's mostly a pleasure and only sometimes a sacrifice. But when you're not all in, it's mostly a sacrifice and sometimes a pleasure. I got to serve again this morning. They put me on that schedule. Working hard isn't easy. Getting uncomfortable is uncomfortable. But I believe the most haunting words in our language are the two words. What if? What if I would have gotten involved more? Maybe I could have saved that relationship. What if I would have been there to support my kids? Maybe they would want to see me. What if I had just given up drinking? Maybe I could still be with my family. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I don't want to be at the end of my life and asking that question. What if I would have given God more? Like, what if I just would have went all in? So we've got to get uncomfortable. Genesis 22, 11. Abraham, he, he raised his knife to sacrifice his son, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So here's point number three, and I'm done. Number three, we got to trust God. That sounds real like cliche and real biblical, but when it comes down to it, when rubber meets the road, when you don't see what you're wanting to see, when you've been praying and you don't see what you've been praying for, when you've been praying for your body to be healed, but you're still dealing with it, you've got to trust God because God always has a plan always has a plan, but a lot of times he waits for us to respond in faith before he shows us what's next. So if you've been hurt, we've got to trust God and allow him to heal us. You may have some scars, but I thank God for my scars because my scars are a sign of healing. Look up, Abraham. I've provided for you Sometimes we got we to gotta look up from our situations. You see, the ram was, was God's plan from the beginning. 
It was his plan the whole time. God's plan for your life has not changed regardless of how far you've wandered, regardless how far you've got off track. God's plan for your life has not changed. He's always had more for you. He's always had a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. But will you trust him? When what I see doesn't make sense, Because if you're going to be all in with Jesus, we've got no choice but to trust him. Because, right, the the Bible promises joy, but some of us at this this exact moment are experiencing the opposite of joy. And it may have gotten to the point that you even doubt God and you question his ability to give you joy. You've trusted others, but you've been hurt. And I want to encourage you this morning that God didn't cause that hurt. But God can use that hurt. He did not cause it, but it's in those times that he's actively watching and waiting for us to look at him completely. And so God's wanting to know this morning, how much are you willing to trust me? How bad are you wanting your, uh, my plan to unfold in your life? You say God will provide Abraham, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God wants to heal your marriage? Do you believe that God wants to restore that relationship? Do you believe that there's a purpose on your life? Do you believe it? How far are you willing to push to find out? Because faith is an active word. Waiting on God doesn't mean sit and do nothing. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And God knows your potential. In fact, he created it. And he wants you to see what you're made of, not so that you can brag, but so that you can experience the power of God. You can and you will get through this. You can and you will get through your hurt, through your pain. You will come out on the other side saying God is faithful because honestly, Satan is doing what he can to destroy you. But he forgot one little thing, that you are a child of the most high God. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are almost there, Abraham. I said I would provide. Get ready for it. Provision, it's on its way. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. God says, I see your sacrifice. I see your faithfulness. I'm there. I see you when you're on your knees and you're praying and you're asking for God to move. I see you staying committed. Now, because the provision is coming, the answer that you're looking for is coming. You've got to hold on to what God said, and don't you dare let go. Don't let go. So God tests Abraham, and now he said, now I know. Now I know that I can use you. Now I know that I can trust you. I can trust your faith. I can trust that you're all in to this. God provided the ram. And this is the power of the transfer. This is the most important part of this story. God provided a ram for Abraham. And God provided a lamb through the son, Jesus, for us. Do you see the power of the transfer? That ram in the thicket was the sacrifice that Abraham needed, was the thing that Abraham needed. And you've been working hard. You've been praying. You've been trying. You've been trying to do good. But Jesus provided 
a transfer. He, he took our place, the Bible said, because you can't be good enough to find your way into heaven. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Going all in with Jesus is the best decision that I've ever made. Because I realize that going in halfway won't work. I don't want to go halfway in anything in my life. Certainly not my walk with Jesus. And so the same way that God provided Abraham with that lamb, God has provided us with the lamb of God, the the son of God, who is Jesus Christ. That took our place, the Bible says. Here's the truth. And you may not know this. I'm going to break it down. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, something had to die. But God loved us so much, so much that he wanted a relationship with us. So he sent his son, Jesus, to be the final sacrifice for our sin. And when we put our faith in him, like I said, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. When we put our faith in him, his blood that he shed on that cross covers our sins. And the Bible says our sin is separated us, uh, from us as far as the east is from the west. There is no greater distance. When you come to Jesus, your sin is separated from you. The Bible says that he went to the cross, bearing the sin, bearing the guilt, bearing the shame that was on us. He took it. So we got to be all in for him. We've got to follow through on our commitments. We got to be willing to get uncomfortable. We got to be willing to trust God when what we see doesn't line up with what he said. When what we see doesn't line up with what we're praying for, we got to trust him. And I believe that there's some people in this room this morning who haven't taken that first step in trusting God with your life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you would confess with your mouth and you would believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not about how good or how bad you think you are. None of us deserve it. In fact, Paul said, if we could earn our salvation, then Jesus died for nothing. But we can't earn it. It's called grace. That word simply means undeserved, unmerited favor. And when you put your faith and your trust in God and you accept him as your savior, his grace covers your life. And when he looks at you, he does not see you for your mess ups. He does not see you for your flaws and your hangups and your sin. He sees you through the lens of Jesus Christ. He sees you through the lens of of the cross and your relationship with God is restored. The Bible word for that is righteous. You are in right standing with the creator of the universe. So that's my question as I wrap this up this morning. Are you willing to trust him with your life? I wanna ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. John 3, 16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you would just believe in him, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. The only thing you gotta do is accept the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. And when you do that, your sins can be forgiven and your eternity secure. So I'm gonna give that opportunity this morning. If you wanna make that decision, maybe for the first time, maybe you've made the decision before and you've kind of wandered off and you wanna make that decision, this is for you as well. But I wanna count down from three and with no one looking around, I just wanna ask you to do something bold and that's just, Slip up your hand. 
nothing magical about it. I just believe when you kind of take that outward step, it just solidifies the decision that you're making. So if you want to make that decision this morning and invite Jesus into your heart, I'm going to count to three. And I just want you to raise your hand. No hesitation. One, two, three. If that's you this morning, I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Anyone else? I see it. I see it. Thank you, God. I see it. I see it. People all over in the room, I see it. I see it. Making decisions right now to invite Jesus into the life. Church, this is beautiful. Be praying. I see it. Church, can we celebrate with those making that decision right now? Come on. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person repents, when one person accepts Jesus into their heart, all of heaven rejoices. So I want to pray this prayer. And uh, whether you've prayed it before or not, pray it to support the person making that decision. Let's pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. I receive you. I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. I commit to you right now on July 3rd, 2022. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Church, one more time, can we celebrate with those making the decision? Hands were going up all over the 